All right, this is Young Persons Radio. This is Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm your host, Colby Smith. My guest today is a comedian whose two stand-up albums, Mostly Woke and Stories About New Jersey from the Basement of a Pizza Shop, are available anywhere and everywhere to purchase or stream. But you probably know him from his appearance on Fox's Laughs. It's Justin Williams. (laughs) Yeah, everybody knows me from Fox's Laughs. You used to do a bit about, I definitely saw you do a bit that was just about how like you only watch that show if your TV was stuck on channel five. Yeah. It, well, it's <laughs> like, it's like the weirdest TV credit. Cause it's actually good. It was like, it ran against Saturday night live for like six yes. years, <laughs> but it's not, it's not, you know, nobody was choosing laughs over Saturday night live. Right. Know? Yeah. And it was, but it was, it was just like comedians like doing like 10 minute sets. Right. Yeah, well, well, they even do it by like bit by bit. They'd be like, here's one joke from the Laughing Derby in Louisville, Kentucky. And here's another joke from Hyenas in Arlington, Texas. You know, it was like, you know, it was, it was like Premium Blend, a network TV version of that. I loved Premium Blend when I was like 12 and like just like getting into stand up for the first time. Yeah, it's good. There's a lot of stars on, you know, comedy's great. I mean, even laughs. Laughs is aging well based off of who is doing what since lapses went off the air, you know? Yeah. Like a third of the people did Conan after that. Yeah, totally. Oh, we got a little dog action in the back there. My dog is, uh, his name is Flip. I can also put him in another room. I should probably do that. I didn't realize no, that's, that. yeah. yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> my dog, yeah. My dog Flip is a half uh, pit bull, half Boston Terrier rescue who my new age vet tried to rub him down with essential oils. But I was like, can you just give us the anti-aggression medication, please? Yes. I didn't realize they did that for animals. I thought that was just like something they do at like wellness conferences and stuff. I don't even know. I'm not into any of the new age stuff. I'm like, yeah. go and give me the med- like, I'm yeah, not yeah. going out like, was it, was it Steve Jobs who tried to do crystals when he had... Uh- what is it about like big business, do- like tycoons like that, who just like are the weirdest people on the planet like jack from twitter and like elon musk they're like weird mirror images of each other kind of and that they're both insane in different ways if you make a bunch of money you have a level of self-belief that (laughs) society hasn't invalidated so you know that's why it always just ends up going so far that they destroy everything you know around them like that's the only way they can learn you know it's even like trump you know what i mean it's just like like that guy's just been a liar for decades and it's worked so why would he not think you know like he's probably surprised that his presidency isn't going as he planned yes he's like absolutely believe like i'm gonna be in a competitive election like like normally i would just make something up part of me thinks that like with the because he was doing those like daily press briefings on on uh the virus for a while and they would always just end in a reporter like screaming at him and he would get upset. And I was watching them and I was thinking every day, like, gosh, like he thinks this one is going to go really well. Like he wakes yeah. up, like he wakes up every day and he's just like, I got to like the past 12 have not worked out, but this is the one we've got a great video. They're going to love this video. Like he earnestly thinks it's going to go well this time. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it all just stopped working though. That's the thing. It's like, you can't really begrudge him. It's like people have really turned on this presidency. Like once everyone just started dying of a disease and he was just showing like PowerPoints and just like not wearing a mask. That's what it took for everybody. I mean, the guy had a fake university for God's sake. Yes. Yes. The guy, the guy got a, he closed down a football league. (laughs) 
He ruined a whole football league that was yeah. actually competing with the NFL. Yeah. He, just ruins, he just ruins that. I mean. Well, that was the rumor whenever he was running for election the first time was that he didn't want to win and he was just going to start his Trump TV network after the election was over. Yeah, he just, he just like, you know, he's just gotten away with it. Uh, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, if his tax returns ever do come out, then we'll really get a sense of what he's gotten away. Oh, yeah. Like, he obviously owes somebody in Russia a ton of money. Like, yes. That is, like, obvious. <laughs> somebody connected to the Russian government. Yes. Like, I bet you the courts will probably uphold it that he's allowed to keep his tax return secret. Like, it's yeah. just like the guy's on, uh, actually on an amazing winning streak. For <laughs> that's just actually just terrible. Like, he should be in jail. Yes. Like, he's just on tape being like, let's fix the, the Ukraine. Right. Fucking intervene in our election <laughs> we're all just like i don't know it's inconclusive <laughs> yeah it's like yeah. Some, yeah the republicans in the senate are like well besides evidence besides the testimony of witnesses and like a transcript and all those things what evidence do you have yeah, the, yeah. Guy, the guy just keeps winning <laughs> yes he is unbeatable he's unstoppable <laughs> he's and he's he my hero he, now. He, bl- he blames people. He's like, <laughs> he blames people that he hired as being part of the deep state. I mean, did you watch any of this uh, Tulsa rally that he did? Dude, I can't even watch it now because if you have nothing to run, it's like if you're already nuts and then you have nothing to run on. I knew what that yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Was it just like an hour about Colin Kaepernick? or It's just like whatever makes white people angry, I know that's what he's saying. Yes, absolutely. He does this thing in these rallies where he he seems to, like the confident it's like you're saying just like this like confidence thing that like the world has invalidated it's like he's got the notes up there but he's really just riffing for 90 minutes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the confidence it takes to do that to go up like pretty unprepared and just like just like say stuff that you know is going to hit with an audience <laughs> of your supporters is like that that is something that i will tr- i will never experience for myself well i just like and i also like how just excited they get for just like just being inappropriate to them is just so important mm-hmm. right it's just like i just like when he just like kung flu and they just go nuts oh god like yeah. he's playing Freebird or something you know yeah <laughs> yes it really is it's like a greatest hits tour only thing is he hasn't expanded his audience. He's probably lost some people. Yeah, that's true. I don't know how long the act, you know, people, you know, Americans have a low tolerance for like three and a half years of straight drama. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Joe Biden has been doing absolutely zero campaigning and is like ahead in every poll. Yeah, he should stay wherever he's at. Yeah. He's like slowed down a little bit. You know what I mean? Yes, and definitely. Just, he can he can only he can only make things worse. That's what's so great about yeah, him. It's like you actually should not talk. <laughs> yes. The guy is just in his house and they're just like, great strategy, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's actually a great person to nominate for the presidency. I see that now because he's just mm-hmm. so human. Like he just makes yeah. mistakes, but he looks like he feels real terrible about it. He which really is like does. actually all America needs is just a human being. Yes. Someone who cares. That was like one of the most interesting things to me. It, like talking about like the the, the Democratic primary um, and how like that shook out. It's like we were just talking before we started rolling about how like we were so confident at the beginning in Bernie's chances and just how that like like so quickly turned the other way. Like 
Like truly what happened? Oh, people got freaked out. So they what did. Happened was, yeah, people just got freaked out and then gravitated towards Joe as the responsible. You know, you had a divided primary, but then once it was just like, okay, just uh, Biden. Mm-hmm. It's like he, he's the person that will not scare off all of the people that have now turned to anti-Trump. He won't scare that, that right. off, which is like a wise choice in a lot of ways. Yeah. But in, in other ways, it's funny too, because all the momentum and the ideas are still all Bernie's ideas. Like we're talking about like defunding the police now. It's like, what, right. I think that was a Biden position. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a good decision in some way, like in a lot of ways. Like it's really like Biden puts like weird, like Biden just puts like Texas in play all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like all these places where Democrats normally wouldn't do well. It's just like you just got to be like a middle of the road to conservative Democrat. Yeah. And you might actually do well. Like Georgia. Like, right, yeah. Georgia. Arizona also, I feel like is, I read a thing the other day that they were like leaning kind of blue this election. Yeah, yeah, Trump will have fucked up. That, but that's what's so great about Trump, though. He will, in a way, like, he will have energized these people, but he's going to, f- he's, he's will have fucked up the Republican Party. You mentioned, uh, like, the defund the police thing. In, like, the, the defund the police conversation, Camden kind of emerged early as, like, a model to follow. Yeah, but it, it, it's a little more complicated than that because it's like they took apart their police department and rebuilt it, but they actually put more officers on the street. It's, it's different. Jersey and New yeah. York... Urban New Jersey and New York are two different issues. In urban New Jersey, you had under-policing, which caused like aggressive bad policing because they didn't have enough manpower. In New York City, one out of every three people is a cop, I believe, statistically. (laughs) Yes. So you have a ton of cops with a declining, like a historically low crime rate that are just justifying their existence. So that's why like, you know, if you look at any of these police tapes in New York, it's just like one guy being arrested by like 40 cops. Yes. So it's just a different situation. But yeah, places like Camden and Newark, I mean, they have certain advantages too, right? You know, they have like black mayors and like black city councils. Mm. There's just so much more political will uh, behind these things. And they're, you know, Camden, actually, their police officers are are, are still mostly white. But in in Newark, a lot of the officers are actually black and Latino themselves. Yeah. Which, you know, it doesn't guarantee anything. There's still some really abusive, like, I mean, for instance, Baltimore has a ton of black cops and those cops will kill you, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, it, but, you know, there's like political will. So, yeah, the situation is much better here. Yeah, we have peaceful yeah. protests. And actually, the, like, white suburbanite people tried to come and smash stuff in Newark. But, and, like, black people, like, the other black protesters stopped them. Because it's like, hey, dude, you're just coming to a black city and smashing our Starbucks that we worked so hard to get. You're an asshole. Well, it's crazy, too, this this week to just, like, watch, talking about political will, to, like, watch de Blasio just cave on this. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, the New York Police Union is powerful. And yeah. They, and they, they, they argue the same way, like, Tucker Carlson or Sean Hannity would. And just nakedly. The thing I like about the New York police force is the way they get away with things that like an Alabama sheriff's department wouldn't get away with without being associated <laughs> with the civil rights movement. Like I just watched, I, like I watched uh, the, the New York police union guy give this speech and it's just 40 white men yes. standing behind him as he screams into the camera. I'm like, really, yes. you didn't find any, you didn't even attempt to. And then the next day the mayor goes on 
the Brian Lara show on WNYC is just like, and I just want to remind you, Brian, that just like uh, there are so many officers of color in the NYPD as if that like, <laughs> as if that matters at all to what's happening <laughs> out there. And if, yeah. And it's also, those were the, a lot of the ones of color were the ones that I saw, you know, there was two different protests. There was like when people in the Bronx were protesting, it was just like a bunch of cops of color beating the shit out of him from what I saw. Yeah. You know? It wasn't white cops up there, you know? Right, right. So, yeah, even people that say just diversify, you have to change the culture of the police department or else you just get like, you know, you can get minorities that, you know, you know, you could just Alonzo from training day is not an upgrade. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it can be better, but it depends on what the men, you know, the, you know, people are a product of their training and shit like that. You know what I mean? It, it was crazy seeing like the, the Minneapolis city council like act so fast on this. Like that was legit shocking to me. They're a liberal city, and they don't have high crime. They, they, they have high crime in, like, what, North Minneapolis? That's the only part of Minneapolis that has high crime. So uh-huh. they, it's just low stakes. It's like if you got rid of the department, police department in, like, Minneapolis, most parts of it, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? <laughs> right. <laughs> It's like, like it, I mean, it's like Prince is someone from there. D- yeah, exactly. It's like, he yeah, someone the defaced the Bob Dylan statue. <laughs> yeah, Prince would have got the shit beat out of him. And like, <laughs> like, like if Prince could not grow up in Compton. Yeah, yes. <laughs> he'd, just be, he'd just be killed in like some homophobic. <laughs> yeah, it's Minneapolis. It's a nice place. Like, it's like an accepting nice place. Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like that place is that nice that we'll take African Muslims and this is a place where we know they won't be fucked with. <laughs> right. We'll vote one of them into Congress. That's how nice <laughs> this place is. You know, you make a good argument, Justin. Uh, that is. <laughs> yeah, when I saw that, that's what I'm saying. All the, the super defund the police people. I'm like, listen. I, I support defund the police as far as like take a, a portion of police budgets and then put them into social services that address the the root causes of crime. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, I always laugh my ass off at the people that are like, we don't want any cops, like no cops. And it's like, dude, it's like, it's because you don't live in an actual inner city. Right. Like, yeah. You live, you live in some place that like doesn't require police because the, your median income level is like $200,000. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. It's like, you know, you know, so I, I laugh. In fact, the mayor of Newark actually said that he called he called that a bourgeois liberal solution. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that is great. So we have, like we have, yeah, we have low crime and we have community policing, and it's good. But we, but we, part of the reason is because we put funds into like anti-gang volunteers that were former gang members because mm-hmm. they have more legitimacy than anybody else in the streets. What? Yes, absolutely. There, there are people that will absolutely kill you. Yeah. How? How? <laughs> <laughs> i'm just i mean like it's just it's i just i don't know i laugh like i laugh it's like dude okay all right dude yeah do you want to abolish the police it's like okay go ahead yeah i know i know it's just it's also just like you see so many of these like talking about like the suburbs thing it's just like kids from the suburbs just being like yeah i don't want uh i don't i don't want a cop pulling me over when i break uh curfew you know yeah. it's, <laughs> it's like, no yeah it's like we appreciate the solidarity and all things, right, but yeah, right. For things there's nobody in the south side of chicago that's saying abolish the police <laughs> yeah it's a different kind of thing what they're saying is like you know let's not have police behavior that makes them constitute another gang right you know what I mean? but they're not saying get rid of the police department right <laughs> yeah well where do you where do you fall on this like i feel like a a interesting conversation for us as like people in comedy is that like this has kind of opened up a thing that like hollywood is talking about like like the the role of cop shows being like complicit in seeing police as like heroes 
Oh, yes. Flip. Yeah. Flip is very upset about that. About Flip! the representation of cops. <laughs> <laughs> On TV. Yeah. He's like, that is unfair. I don't know. Dude, I don't care about that. Like, yeah. all, all this shit that everybody else started talking about, I don't care. Like, I just want, I want police to be better. Tra- I want them to be accountable. I want them to wear cameras. If they yeah. do some crazy shit on camera, I want them to go to jail. Like, I don't care about a Golden Girls episode. Oh, I mean, that is the craziest thing. That's just like, like, like Alison Brie is not voicing her character on like BoJack Horseman anymore. And it's just like, how does a Black Lives Matter protest translate to this? Well, I'm okay with people doing what they can. Like this is. Oh, saying, of course. Hey, I'm, I'm not trash. Yeah, yeah. I'm not trashing it. But nobody asked. Like that, nobody was going to turn towards that. Like, yeah, people. I think. I think liberals a lot of times like our thing is to think that the Twitter mob is real. Yes. It's like not real. Like these things have no constituency. Like it's just like I don't even know what they're even talking about. I got off Twitter, but I didn't even know who they were even talking about half the time yeah. on there. And I feel like I'm more into this stuff than like most of the public i'm like i don't even know why this person is trending and why they're canceled right it's like it's like who cares about what terry cruz tweeted oh yeah i mean that's yeah that's crazy i mean he's like tone deaf and everything but it's like terry cruz i like i don't care yeah it has no bearing on anything i think it's also a little bit too of like as far as like liberals go of like picking the fight that they know they can win like rather than like the hard, much more meaningful, significant fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. And it's also about being so it, there's so much currency of being so enlightened. Mm-hmm. So like, that's why I always tell the joke about like, and that's another reason why I got off Twitter. Cause it's like, not only do I, I don't want to read like Ben Shapiro quotes and like oh, Candace Owens quotes, yeah. but then it's also like, there's just like this element of the left that is just like, I will destroy anyone who's ever made a mistake. Yes. Like even people, yeah. You know, and it's like, it gets to the point to where it's actually not even about enforcing any kind of social ideal. It's about actually propping yourself up as like a good person. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's the kind of stuff where it's like, like performative allyship and like, um, you know, I don't know. Like, Oh yeah. Stuff. Like, I'll, I'll give you an example. Cause now I can actually talk about it without like getting like uh, crucified. But the Aziz's <laughs> Azari thing scared the shit out of me, man. That was the only time that was when I was so scared of my peers because uh-huh. everybody wanted to be like, we're all uh, on the same team, but everybody so wanted to be on that team that it was just like, well, fuck this guy, even yeah. though he didn't belong in the nar- any of those narratives right with any of those other people and it was right. clear that this was all flawed and i was like and even pointing out how it was flawed like people would turn on you and stuff like that you know oh yeah i mean like i remember like reading the article the like the the article on the website that is like now defunct <laughs> yeah babe.com yeah babe.com and being like I really didn't expect it to like rise above a level of like juicy gossip, you know? Yeah. Cause that's really, that's like the most that it is. Yeah. It's like, there's no, it's, it's the only time I read something and I actually felt better about the guy. Right. I'm like, this guy's like, he's just like, okay, well we'll watch Seinfeld and watch cartoons. Like, yeah. I'm like this guy's nice. <laughs> Why are we doing this to him? I know. Did you he's watch like, the, he's not sorry, like, get the fuck out of my house, girl, or anything yeah. like that? He's just like, okay, we'll just watch cartoons if that makes you more comfortable or something. And and he's like being made fun of. That was yeah. also the other element too. It was like it was kind of like making fun of him for being nice. Right. Um, yeah. 
yeah, I'm sorry for even bringing that shit up because I he no no move, he should be able to like move on with his life. But I would say that was the example where I saw any dissenting opinion mm-hmm. about that. Uh, like people went after them with like a kind of scary like uh militancy that like, yeah i would say made me like really uncomfortable yes well then it's also too it's just like okay so like we're not allowed to talk about the nuances of this at all like we kind of just have to like accept this one point of view on it and like move on like we can't even argue about it really yeah and it also went into the contradictory territory where it was like it was like also like an odd form of sex shaming it was yes. like, don't you ever put a finger near somebody's mouth. It's like, okay, listen, if somebody says no, that's fine, but that's not what happened in the article. So now right. it's like, what are we, you know, it's like, what are we talking? It's, you know, it's, I don't know. It was all, it was. Definitely. You there see was, a lot of that shit online. Yeah. Um, and I, just, one, I don't like it. One more thing I will say about that article <laughs> is yeah. there is some line in it where uh, she's like, uh, he ordered white wine for the both of us. Not that I was asked. And it's like, all right, like we can't cancel a guy for like ordering your drink for you, you know? Yeah, and it's just a setup too. It's, yeah, it's an, it's an unnecessary detail that's meant to put the idea that he had done something without consent. Yes, in the minds of the reader, like it was obvious. Like anybody who's a critical reader that's reading that article sees the whole thing's a setup. So yeah. it just leaves all these miscellaneous mm-hmm. details that aren't particularly important right mm-hmm. and then it just kind of goes and do with this information what you want and yeah. and that's what happened like everybody kind of put you know for all women they've always had you know women have had a bunch of creepy shit happen to them you know mm-hmm. and so they so it kind of like was put your own story in this narrative and that's mm-hmm. what happened but i'm like well you can't uh, do you know you can't do that to this guy right yeah He's not yeah. responsible for what happened to other people. You know what I mean? Totally. Well, it's like, it. that's just reminded me of uh, maybe, I don't know when you got off Twitter. So maybe you avoided this, but like there was a tweet that went kind of viral and then people just uh, yelled at the person uh, for a while because she was like, I'm not, uh, voting for Bernie Sanders because he yells a lot and my dad yelled a lot and it's upsetting to me to, like, it's triggering for me to see Bernie Sanders yell a lot. Yeah, he threw a pot roast. Right, right. Yeah, my dad threw a pot roast. <laughs> That's what that it was. One. That's what I it was. I made fun of that for several weeks. Uh, yeah. Even after I was getting likes, I still kept making fun of that. <laughs> Uh, because, because uh, honestly, that's the same mentality as the babe.com article. Definitely. It's like, it's like, I'm not, it's, 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 it's 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 using identity politics and weaponizing them in a way that's just like completely dishonest Mm -hmm. and like vicious right because then the thing was anybody who makes fun of the absurdity of this tweet is anti-woman right that was that became the the thing and it's like that's just like i'm real messed up you know, it's just a messed up thing to do. You know what I mean? And that's what Twitter is. It's a lot of weaponized identity politics, right? Definitely. It's like, I don't know. It's people, it's like, an, like anti-interracial dating stuff is like a huge thing on Twitter. Oh yeah. It's like, it's, it's so it's, bizarre. It's bizarre. And it's clearly people that are talking about something that happened to them at some mm-hmm. point. It's like, it's like, I'm sorry that you dated a white guy and it didn't go well, but I have no right. idea why you put up 95 tweets of Terry Cruz's family. Or whatever. <laughs> 
You know what I mean? Like, it's clear yeah. that this is coming from some place that's personal, and you're using like a celebrity as a proxy for this. And I'm like, this right? Is mental. This is mental illness. I'm getting off of here. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's like uh, I, I am not the the one. Like, I forget where I heard this, but it's just like it's like, Twitter is just like for people with personality disorders. It's yeah. like, and they're all verified. And that's also what, that's also the oh, upsetting yeah. thing about Twitter, right? It's like the more unfair you are is the more, the more, like the more inflammatory and the more unfair you are, the more likelihood that you'll be a verified personality with a following on there. Oh yeah. It literally rewards dishonesty mm-hmm. and like anger and like, it's just an awful, awful place. I had to get off there. Yeah. Uh, I like attacking <clears throat> people you've never met. <laughs> oh yeah. Just like, <laughs> I know. I did go through a, a stretch where like most of my tweets were like making fun of the way other people tweet. And I was like, oh, this is not a good way to spend my time. Yeah, it's all. Yeah, it's all conflict. And it's just I don't know. It's just it's just really it's really bad. Like, that's what I say. Like, that's what woke Twitter is just as bad to me. Like, yeah. that is just as bad. But it's it's up there. Like, it's oh, it's know, not good. It's not good. No, it's not good. It's me. It's also finding weird things to be angry about. I mean, yeah. Like, like, are we really being woke about this? Like, right. Know. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I Anthony Atamnik makes this point in that like Trump versus Bernie show that they do, where he's just like, like it's like six percent of the country is on Twitter, but it it drives ninety percent of the news cycle. Awful. Uh, incredible. Like so. Like it's such a bummer of a statistic. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's brutal. And I knew I was never going to make it on there because I'd be like, this is just unfair. And I'm not willing to engage in this conversation. In this oh, yeah, totally. Conversation. Have you ever, because uh, I, I definitely have gone through stretches where you're just like, I'm going to get a viral tweet. <laughs> like, I had, a, but you know, the, that's another fucked up thing about Twitter is the best shit you tweet uh, doesn't necessarily go viral. It's some unexpected shit. And it's only, yeah. it's, it's only, it's the meaner and the snarkier you go is what it's, you know, it, Twitter is the ooze from Ghostbusters too, man. Like, right. It's like the more, I didn't like it cause I noticed the more negative I was, the more retweets I got. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's like, really interesting. Yeah, man. If you just put up, I think everybody should have healthcare or something like that. Okay. That's a uh, one like, right. Yeah. But if you put uh, Lindsey Graham <laughs> father died of AIDS, I bet you wish he had Medicare for all. That's yeah. like, that goes viral. It's like, right. you to bring up the guy's dad dying of AIDS. Yes. <laughs> Make that point. <laughs> it's like, why, that's like insanely mean and personal. Oh, you know yeah. What I, mean? I know. It's like, stuff like that happens. Like, like, uh, like a, 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 for a, like a, a prominent Republican dies. There is half a day of very mean tweets about it. Then the second half of the day is people getting mad at those tweets and being mean to the people who did the mean thing first. And then like something else happens and then we're mad about that. Yeah. The cycle, the back and forth cycle. Yeah. And yeah, it's also, yeah, the grave. That's another thing I hate about woke Twitter is that it like, it really appreciates grave dancing when it's convenient for them. Right. I'm like, I'm like, dude, I could just not say something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And also it's, it, it, and it, it's just like, oh, any person who had a bad opinion, which is like, it's fine to hold people accountable for their opinions, but you didn't mm. do that while they were alive, you coward. <laughs> <laughs> you waited till the moment they died. 
to bring up some vote from 1970. It's like, <laughs> dude, it's not even edgy or anything. It's just like a yeah. shitty thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's also just like they 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 were old. They died. Like they weren't in a position of power now. Usually, yeah, you know. It, yeah, and it's also like it's no context having. It's like, oh, I'm mad at this moderate Republican for dying. I'm oh, like, I mean, are we talking John McCain? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, is 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 John McCain like by the time he gets to, when he died, like fucking twenty uh like seventeen, right? Mm-hmm. It's like at twenty seventeen in America, is John McCain really the guy that you need to be going after? Like out of all the things going on on the right wing. Seriously. This is the guy that you need you know, it's just like I don't know. It just it, it you know it just means you're so much playing to your audience that you don't even realize how insane you seem to just like a normal person. Totally. Well, do you remember when he uh, made that vote that was like it was to not? Um, he was like one of the only Republicans who voted to not dismantle Obamacare within that like first year of yeah, Trump's yeah. presidency. And there were all these tweets that were just like, oh, like thank God for John McCain. Like, uh, you know, it was like him and Susan Collins were like the two the two Republican senators who like went with the uh, Democrats and like saved essentially the uh, um, the bill from passing. And that was like, that lasted for like an hour. And then people were like, let's not forget that John McCain is actually a monster for the following reasons. It's like, let us yeah. just be happy about this one thing, please. We're just happy we still have our health care, for God's sake. And all these people are on Obamacare as a thing, too. It's like, dude, it's like, yeah. you like, dude, come on. You're on Obamacare. You're broke. You're a starving artist yes. in a studio in San Francisco with 15 other people. Like, it's okay to be like, thank John McCain for something. Yeah, seriously. You're but not yeah, a traitor, you know? Yeah, it's okay to say like one thing. Go, I don't normally agree with this guy, but thanks. Like that, but that, that, I don't, I don't, that, that, that sentiment, I, n- I normally don't agree with this guy, but that's, that's a cool thing that he did. Yeah. Man. That gets you nothing on Twitter. It, it is, it is <clears> about <throat> taking no hostages on that motherfucker. 100%. There was a thing uh, not too long ago where the writer Rebecca Solnit was like coming after Bernie for being too quote unquote cowardly to call Trump supporters like racist and homophobes and stuff like that. And it's like, well, he does kind of want those people to vote for him. Yeah, they, they don't recognize economic power. Well, because you have a category of urban liberal that doesn't that has no clue about white rural poverty. Yes, they have no idea that Bernie's appeal is that he brings those people t- back towards the Democratic Party mm-hmm. because rather than blaming people of color for their condition, he's blaming corporations. <laughs> yes, you know, so they so they have no concept of that. So they're like, well, why isn't Bernie being you know, they don't understand the weird Bernie Trump motor mm-hmm. that, that is like totally a category of working class white person in this country. Definitely. Like, I was going to vote for either Bernie or Trump. Yeah. Um, but that's because they're, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's like all these fire, like all these like fire and brimstone tweets, they, they all come from fucking. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, that's always just like the mission district of San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, that swing, that swing district. Uh, yeah it's like from the east village i'll tweet condemnation of all these it's like come on dude it's like yeah yeah come on yeah chill country chill yeah seriously also like when was the last time you spent any time out of new york like and i don't just mean a weekend home i mean like any time at all yeah not only that and then also if if they're stand up it's like uh 
also you speak about the middle of the country with a disdain in your act that yeah. is just like that just reeks of insecurity because you because the real thing is not that you really think you're better it's because you bombed on the road mm-hmm. and and this is where a lot of this is coming from yes you got booked you 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 generated some heat in new york city you, they were like all right we'll give you a weekend at hilarities mm-hmm. <laughs> and you couldn't even finish the weekend they yeah. paid you to leave and now your whole thing is that all working class people are dumb when it's in reality, you just don't have an act that addresses people's experiences. Like right. you, a, you did an hour about the G train and wonder why it didn't go well. Yeah. Gee, I wonder if why that didn't hit in Kansas city. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, don't know what the G train is. Yeah. It's just like, so that's also part, like I see through people. It's like, if you know these people, it's like, I dude, I see through like you, you don't, you're mad. This is all insecurity, man. This is all insecurity. Yeah. That is coming out. And the internet is just like a way to be different person. Just, just a way to blow it up. Yeah. Yeah. Just like being mean to working class people. It's also, you come across as a classist asshole. It's like, dude, totally. you come across as like the stereotype of what a liberal is on here. Yeah. 100%. Well, also I feel like the, uh, it kind of, as far as like people trying to like be comedians and like writers and stuff, I feel like it, ha- it, it warps your sense of like, who is successful and in what form, you know? Because, like, you can see somebody with, like, 400,000 followers on Twitter, uh, like, go up at, like, a a packed bar show with good energy and just do kind of okay, maybe? Oh, some of the worst sets in the world. Yes. Uh, Some of the worst sets in the world. You're being nice. And and those are, and those are, I mean, because you're, like, you know, you're in, like, in the heart of the hip stuff in Brooklyn. Yeah, so you're seeing people blow. You're seeing people not do well on what is theoretically a home game for them. Right. Uh, I'm talking about when you just go, you know, just 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 go to Hudson River Valley. Yes. Just like that, like even that close to the city, it's just like it just becomes a whole. It's like you just you watch them; they're just lost. One hundred percent. Well, you and I have talked about this before too, where it's like, um, if you just like spend all your time performing in. Brooklyn and Manhattan, you forget that like elsewhere, people are just happy to have a show. <laughs> yeah, and not and not just Manhattan. Uh, Manhattan only below 14th Street. Right. Yes. So it's even it's an even smaller ratio. I mean, like I live in Jersey. I, like Jersey is the is a, is a great thing. Mm-hmm. Like North Jersey, because you can just see it all fall apart once it crosses the Hudson. Yes. <laughs> just crossing the Hudson. It all absolutely. Falls apart. And it's not even in the rough. There are some bad, like, I've been to towns where it's just like, you know, it's just like, you know, just everybody is like a Marine police officer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like kind of an aggressive kind of working class audience. Like, I'll, I'll give you a credit. Like, you, some, some places you shouldn't kill, actually. Right. Because <laughs> like, like, the audience just wants to hear shit that's easy, you know? Yeah, I mean? exactly. Yeah. But where if, like, you're, if you're killing for this crowd, maybe you should not, you, you should be working a little harder. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're not challenging. You're like you're just like reinforcing their worldview. But mm. it's like if you're attacking other urban, it's like it's like if you go to Jersey City and you just come across as an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like being mean. Yeah. I don't know. These are all funny things. I'm a, it's I'm also a, just like people have such a All right, let's let's get into it for real, Justin. Let's get into the New Jersey talk. Yes. People in New York have such a, uh, uh, and this is, you know, this is not an original thing for me to say, because, like, of course they do, but they've got such 
a bad attitude toward New Jersey. And uh, it's like people who've never even been there are making jokes just like, oh, New Jersey. And it's like, get over yourself. Yeah, you just moved to Brooklyn from rural Utah a week ago. (laughs) Yes. Uh, you know, I think New Jersey is a varied thing. It is what you like. It depends. It's a choose your own adventure. It's like all these different places. So it's, I mean, people that are just weird about New Jersey. I'm like, what, what, like, whatever you don't like is there's the opposite of that. Like, yeah. or whatever you like that, that exists, you know? So I don't know. I think people have a dated kind of thing, but then it's also, I think New Jersey is like the reminder, right? That like life is normal. You know what I mean? Like New 100%. York is special. And then Jersey doesn't make you feel like special. Yeah. So once you take that layer, there's kind of a defensiveness about it. It's also the unknown. Your world just becomes small in New York. You don't have that oh, yeah, totally. You don't have a car. It's like, yeah, I mean, how many of those comics that if you, I mean, if you live in Bushwick, like when's the last time you've actually done anything in Harlem? Yeah, you know? seriously. Seriously. So your world becomes like geographically small. So you just assume, you just make assumptions about places, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of getting into another one of uh, your and I favorite topics to talk about, which is that like, because the city, like everyone has been pushed like farther and farther out in the, in the outer boroughs. It's just like, I've got like a very close friend who lives in Harlem and I live in Bushwick and I just like never see him, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, because it's going to take over an hour to get there on the train, which is the only way I have to get around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even the fact that like you two live where you live, like, here's my favorite thing I tell people is like the way dis- you can tell the world distance has changed over time if you go mm-hmm. to Wikipedia. So if you go to Wikipedia, right, and uh, you look at like famous people from North Jersey that went to like the village <laughs> to become artists, uh-huh. like the way that's written about in wikipedia and the path train existed then by the way i'm talking just like 1960s like the subway existed it's talked about as if they moved across the country like like marsha p johnson it's like marsha p johnson moved all the way from elizabeth new jersey to become a gay rights activist (laughs) (laughs) yeah or it's like amiri baraka you know born leroy jones in newark new jersey went all the way to the west village to meet alan ginsburg (laughs) It's like it's like four stops on the path, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. So our, I mean, that's one good thing about gentrification. Our our versions of distance have become more like yeah. You don't go to see that friend, but like you at least live in places like we meet in the middle. Yeah, you meet in the middle, and everybody lived in like four neighborhoods back then. Now everybody lives in like twenty neighborhoods now. So I mean, yeah, that is a crazy thing. It's like you you read about you know even like t- keeping with the like East Village in the '60s model. It's just like. Everybody lived in the same, like, 10-block radius. Yeah. Well, and it's like much more of the city has become safe for somebody like me. You know, it's like, you know, I'm glad, like, in, like, gentrification's bad because it raises rents and stuff like that. But you know how many places became less reactionary and actually safe to be in? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to go see somebody in Bay Ridge in the, like, early 1980s. I'd probably get beat to to fucking death or some shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, I think people hear like, yeah, like in, in 1978, I lived on St. Mark's Place and my rent was like, you know, $450 a month. Like they hear that and they're just like, oh, like it must have been way better back then in every way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but here's the catch. Yeah, no, when I, yeah, when I first moved to the border of Williamsburg and Greenpoint, right, it's like my Italian landlord telling me that they didn't cross Metropolitan Avenue. Because it was just like, there was just like war between the Italians and Puerto Ricans. Like it was just like, yes. it was just like your, your robbery was assured 
yes. and like and like and possibly like a, a beating, like just an ethnic, right. just a hate crime. They're talking about hate <laughs> crimes as like a, a, a normal part of the experience of the neighborhood. I'm right. like, if gentrification has done one thing, it's like we've <laughs> we've cut down on a lot of that <laughs> shit. We've cut out, we've cut down on ethnic beatings. <laughs> yeah, just beat like you don't belong here. I'm just gonna beat the shit out of you. It's yeah. like like that's horrible. Yes. Well, you tell is is this this is the 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 joke that you do about like like accidentally being in an Italian restaurant? Uh, is that in that neighborhood? That was that that yes. was at uh, Jr. and Sons. Yes, or, yes, or juniors, yes. Or Juniors and Sons. It's either Jr. and Sons or Juniors and Sons. That is one of the last Italian American bars in kind of that Metropolitan Avenue and Graham section, and mm-hmm. it was very much that was the hostility. They, those were the old neighborhood guys. And they were just like, your presence here is just, your, your existence here is an intrusion. Right. Um, and it's just like, it was very much like, you're lucky that it's 2012. Uh-huh. Oh, totally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, if this wasn't 2012, the way we would have handled you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I th- it's, it's, it's so nuts. Like, it's also crazy to think just like how... Like, this stuff was, like, not that long ago that we're talking about in the grand yeah. scheme of things. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, I have my white friends that moved to Bed-Stuy in, like, yeah. 2010 uh, all got punched in the head. They right. Had to leave. They just had to leave because it just wasn't – it was still okay to punch white people in the head if you saw <laughs> Um, That's not the case now. But, you know, because they put those police towers up. But there was yeah, an initial oh. wave. Like, we're like four waves into these places. Those totally. first waves were a lot of white people that got punched in the face. Yep. Just for, like, being white. <laughs> just for being white. Just like, I, just I see somebody that's different, I'll right. punch him in the head. Totally. <laughs> you know like I, you know all these places man just aggressive you know because you go in, the, in new york still has some places there's still have some neighborhoods where it's like if you're not from there man you mm-hmm. wonder what the fuck you're doing there for sure and you're like this is a global city i know it's like you, you hear people do that that hack thing where they just like complain about the m&m store in times square and it's just like there are still plenty of places in the city you can go to get robbed <laughs> like yeah, if you really a- want to feel the danger, like just take the train a couple more stops. Yeah, go to go 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 get go uh take the J train into that nether region between the border of like Queens and Brooklyn yes. as you're approaching it and just get off at one of those stops, the ones where you don't know anybody that lives <laughs> yeah. there. Get off at one walk- of the stops, go into the bodega and ask if they have kombucha. Yeah, yeah, go yeah, go walk into the bar that's been in the neighborhood and never closed. Go walk into that place and see how gentrified it is in there. There's a bodega that's just like literally selling coke still. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got to ask at the counter, but you know, it's there. It's just suspicious. None of it makes any sense. There are no jobs there, but there's an entire like economy that exists that's all like you just it's all yes. money laundering and like Right human trafficking there's just vans picking up girls out of buildings <laughs> yeah go to, like yeah it's like people never been like go yeah go go down like uh the the big buildings off surf ave and like coney island you'll see yes. some shit like you're just like that is not you go that is not above that, that's a tragedy that's a vice i'm watching a vice documentary right now 
It's so it's just like it's not that hard to find. <laughs> yeah, just go further out. That's it. Yeah, the people don't go further out. That's what I liked about Jersey, though. You can find those. Yeah, they still have those towns. They still kind of got the beat you up towns a little bit too. Those are kind of interesting. Totally. Well, you've talked about this. How like like New Jersey still kind of has this feeling where like every town is different. Yeah. Which is like definitely something. It's not really something that like uh, uh, places in New York have really. I mean, Brooklyn, like the the, the boroughs have their own identities, but like that's kind of as far as it goes. Yeah, you know, it's it's the neighbor, it's the politics of New York City neighborhoods, but spread out by town. Right. So just every town is a different, and people still are still have their ethnicities and stuff like that. So it's just like different flavors. People move to different towns and stuff like that. So Long Island kind of has that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, where it's just like, yeah, like one or two towns over, it becomes a different world. And it could be different worlds living directly next to each other. Yes. Like, like you can have like an all black town on Long Island that's next to a place that literally has a reaction to Black Lives Matter that could be just game tape from like 1950s Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> and these people are like neighbors. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So that's kind of the same thing. It's like, yeah, we took down a Columbus statue in Newark and like nobody cared, but like three towns up in Nutley, New Jersey. It's just like, oh, yeah. it's like, they will kill you if you touch that statue. <laughs> yes. I'll tell you a really brief uh, Newark story just to like get uh, to hammer home what we've been talking about. Where like we, um, uh, I was like, I, I filmed like a role in a web series that like shot in this like office building in Newark. Uh, and this was like, like towards the end of last year. This was probably like October, November of last year. Yeah. And so, you know, we like rent the car and we like, it's just this group of us like drives out and uh, we go to this parking garage. Um, and then we like, it's just like one block away from the office building. We get into the office building and it's like, there's a doorman in like an ornate uniform and he's like got a little hat on, you know? And it's like, you know, it's like gaudy, like gold, like decorations on the wall and stuff. And so we film in the, in the office building for a couple hours and then we go to leave and, uh, we say like, oh, like let's pick up some food from like the Quiznos on the other side of the parking garage before we like drive back. And so we walk over the Quiznos and as we're walking, like, it's like you cross this line that's like, oh, we are out of the, we're out of the, the like business section, like just one block over. And this woman rushes up to us and she's like, uh, I was just like punched and the, someone took my purse. Like, please call the cops for us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Inequality, baby. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Just like right next to each other. Yeah, right next to each other, and that's good. That, and I like that vibe because that's what keeps that is what keeps Newark great. That's right. That like that will that will keep the Hoboken. I'm sorry that lady got punched in the face. I don't. Oh yes, yeah. The face. No, we're but, not laughing at her. <laughs> yeah, we're not laughing at her. But but it's just like the the reckless drunk urban playground level of gentrification. Uh, you know, like the downtown Hoboken. Totally. You know, like fat black pussycat wasted uh you know throw up on the new jersey transit or throw up on the long island railroad those people won't come here and that's great yes uh yeah so uh yeah this yeah god bless yeah <laughs> god bless newark <laughs> i want to know which i want to know which one you were at which building because i like know all the buildings and stuff but you said quiznos there was a quiznos like the next block over or maybe oh, it wasn't okay. a quiznos maybe it was like a uh what is that the it's not jersey mike's it's like it's like a sub chain. Oh, oh yeah. I can see it. 
Oh man, it's something yeah. something like that though. I have to look it up. Yeah, because because also the great thing about this is you know where things are. Like, and I'll be like, oh, that was that line. Yeah. Like you yes. know the lines. You go, oh, that was right next to. Okay, I know who punched. I know who punched her. <laughs> <laughs> i know the man say he's my neighbor actually <laughs> like, well you just know stuff you just go oh that's where you get punched that's like <laughs> that place that that block is famous for that yeah that's where you get punched <laughs> you get punched on that street you know you got to stay on the other street you yeah get punched on that street but you'll get punched on that street uh we we have like a uh five or so minutes left and uh i gotta ask you through all this uh do you miss uh, uh death comedy jam uh, so if you don't know what Death Comedy Jam was, this was a show at the Creek in the Cave in Long Island City where Akash Basin and I, a good friend and comedian, what we would do is we would get blackout drunk and host a stand-up <laughs> show. And then uh, for the last, I think, three years of the show, I think, uh, Colby and Big Britches, the improv yeah. troupe, would close the show. Uh, yeah. Which was, I think, I think the, probably the greatest, most prestigious job in comedy, I think. <laughs> I tell you what, for us, it was very prestigious. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I didn't, I actually didn't realize how bad it was in improv until I realized how much you guys like doing our show. <laughs> I go, it must be bad out there. Yeah, it was, it was bad out there. Honestly, just, uh, I mean, well, I'll say this. First of all, I would say the show went well for us one out of every four times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> three maybe yes well the show first of all it starts at 10 30 and they see an hour of stand-up and then they have to they they like in this groove they're enjoying the comedians just like talking earnestly you know for you know more or less about like their experience and then they see a group of us like go on stage with way too much enthusiasm right I loved it. It added a great <laughs> element to the show. I always enjoyed. I always enjoyed it. I thought it was great. That's why we stuck with it. I thought. I. I mean. I think it added a good spice to the show because when we started doing that show, that's when the rift kind of between stand up and improv, I think, was really had kind totally. of reached its height. We were the only people that were working together because mm-hmm. everybody else was. It became this whole stand ups and improv people making fun of each other thing. Yes, absolutely. Um which is weird. It's all comedy. Like that's what I'm saying. It's just like, it's just like insider bullshit. I'm like the audience show the audience something different. Have yeah. things on one show, you know, I'll tell you what, Justin, it was very, it was a huge relief as someone who was like very, uh, aggressively pursuing improv for several years. It was a huge relief to meet a standup who did not hate it. <laughs> Why? It's a, it's a skill set. Improv is great. It's a, it's an amazing skill set. It, it's just like, it's it's like another martial art, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, yeah. So I never I never bought into all that stuff, man. And and my beef with improv it had nothing to do with the performers. It was actually that the uh theater people didn't pay us. That was my thing, you know. It was like UCB can't break me off a drink t- they took away our drink tickets one time. Serious. Oh yeah. Them, then we got them back. Yeah, I believe it. Um, that was like my beef, you know, but uh, I think that was a lot of people's beef with like UCB East, especially because they did, they had a ton of, of up shows in their roster in like their programming. And then just like, nobody would get paid. Yeah. Yeah. And they just never, and they, they obviously didn't respect, uh, like up either. Cause they never attempted to, 
you know, it's, you know, they never attempted to elevate sh- shows that drew or, yeah. or real talent. They never, they, like, it's like, even they, they would have stand-up shows just to fill their calendar, but they had no intent on like fostering stand-up or having a stand-up open for the Houghton mm-hmm. Herald teams or, you know oh, what I mean? It was, it was crazy. It's also because yeah. just like you, you there, there's that like golden age of like late, or aughts, I guess, where, like, the UCB scene and the Rafifi scene were, like, like intermingling a lot, you know? Uh, and it just feels like, like, comedians who would do that would, like, do the monologues for ASCAT and stuff like that. And it's like, it just feels like that cross-pollination is completely gone now. It's I mean, it's definitely gone now, but it was gone before. <laughs> Uh, and I think it ended up being kind of by design even too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was because it's bad. Uh, what I found out was as bad as stand up was coming up, uh, improv was more predatory. The business model was more predatory. Oh yeah. So uh, I think once stand up started mentioning that shit is like, we had to go dude. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Made the right call. <laughs> But those people, you know, see, you know, improv people can act. I, mean, I worked with, you know, I, I did a show at UCB, man. And I just, that's mm-hmm. when I knew I was a stand-up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I do not need to be up here. Like, this is a, a real amazing set of skills. These are world-class performers. You do not need to be up here with these people. Yeah. Uh, but do you, do you miss the show? I miss it uh, in a lot of ways. I miss it because uh, it's like, we did that show for nine years. I know. So like, crazy. That's, that's almost a third of my life. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's so, so insane. So I miss. Yeah, it's like a lot of memories. I miss it. It's like, I think you. How long have you been in New York now? You've been there like five years. Right? Eight years. Eight years. God, yeah. Time flies. I have, I've known you for like all of that, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> yeah, close. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're there. You're there long enough now. You'll see. New York is weird because it changes so much that you'll miss things. But then when you go back to places, like yeah. the creek is still there, but it's kind of like the only thing that is like still there, kind of in that uh, in that area. Like Long Island. Oh changed. yeah. Like when we first started the creek, there were no like uh, like most of those high rises weren't there. Mm-hmm. So the creek is now the creek went from like an out like a underground place in an emerging neighborhood to now it's like this underground place in this neighborhood that just like completely has emerged. Yes. Um, so it's kind of weird. Like you know, I walk around a lot of places. So yeah, it's like it's weird. I miss it, but I also feel like an old ghost. Totally. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, uh, and you see all the young kids there. Like they're real young. Like I love that place. I'll still go. You know, whenever there's a vaccine or anything, I'll go back there and perform. But I'm I get very conscious almost about my age. I'm only 36. Right. <laughs> right. Like, and that's good that that place is still producing all this young talent and things like that. But it's just like, there's this thing where you feel weird. It's like, okay, this person's 22. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if I need to be around a 22. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, there was also that stretch where like the creek was like, like canceled kind of. Do you remember this? Yeah, I never bought, I never got into any of that because I never yeah. cared about the politics of who was performing there as mm-hmm. long as they were drawing an audience. Like, you know, I'm friends with Rebecca and... I just wanted to oh, make yeah. money. I wanted to make money. I know how totally. hard it is. It's a live venue. So I never really got into that. Um, but yeah, they did have like opposite things there. I knew, I mean, like it, it didn't surprise me the conflict happened because sure. she's a progressive person and she had a lot of progressive causes there. And like Legion of Skanks does a brand of comedy that is like meant to directly antagonize those people. Mm-hmm. 
so it, it didn't surprise me that something happened but i never got into the politics of any of that because yeah. i what, what i thought was ironic was is that people see me as a progressive person but there was a lot of the content of our show of death comedy jam that, <laughs> that would have would have fit in with legion of skanks that's what i thought was so funny um you know, it's just like people have this idea of what our politics were, but I still believe in like say crazy <laughs> stuff if it's funny. And we did a lot of offensive stuff on that show. Oh man, you know? we used to we uh, the other folks at like Big Britches and I used to have a joke that was just like if uh, we will get a shot if Justin brings up Bill Cosby tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I work on all my Bill Cosby material. Like I, you I, I, do I did impressions of him so regularly. It was so funny. <laughs> Yeah, for no reason. A lot of Bill Cosby stuff. A lot of like whatever was the most crazy thing, because that was the place where we we me, Akash and I would go up without a script. And like, yeah, I wrote I wrote like an hour of material in those nine years. I wrote an hour of material of stuff I said on accident hosting that show. One hundred percent. So it didn't end up being a waste of everyone's time. Totally. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it was a really good show and. Uh, I know I, I and I know everybody else feels the same way. We were so happy to be a part of its like, you know, history. Uh, it's like a lot of fond memories for us, too. But um, this begs the question, Justin, what do we think comedy or even New York at large is going to look like after the pandemic closes every small business? Dude, well, that's the thing. Uh, so I'm a, you know, I'm a regular at Caveat. Uh, yeah. The Lower East Side and they've... Uh, shut down operations and that's all pending on really it's like the state's got to bail out live entertainment because it can't Mm -hmm. exist without indoor crowds so the state has to bail out live entertainment if if new york loses live entertainment they let all these theaters and things close then like it's like well what is new york even at that point I i mean i don't know like that's that's what's actually kind of like scary about all of this it's very scary yeah um i don't know like i I don't know what the future is for all this all the places that may have been just getting by like can they have can they even survive all of this i don't know Mm -hmm. so i mean i hope it all comes back like obviously um so we'll just have to see you know Um, yeah but but the comics will still be there there's a lot of comics you know yeah the talent will always be there. There'll be enough talent to run things. But a lot of people are going to go home, man. I've, yeah. you know, I've, I've, I've already gotten that. A lot of people are like, I came here to be a live performer and that's not happening. So they're, I'm not going to pay to have this apartment if totally. I can't perform. So yeah. I, know, I know a lot of people that are leaving too. You know? mm-hmm. But yeah. There was like 5,000 of us in the city. So That's was, true. Yeah. Like Maybe a couple of them leave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll still have enough performers to where like 1,800 people won't be passed at any of the clubs still. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, unfortunately, we are out of time for the episode, but it was so good to talk to you about all this stuff, dude. Good. Colby, it's good to talk to you. Uh, I, you know, I, I miss you, but I'll see you soon. I'm glad that you hung around. I, Definitely. I'll, I'll, uh, maybe I'll just, I'm going to come see you. Just, yeah. Me, just text me your address. I'm just going to come to your house. You come and then I'll come out to New Jersey and we'll have a barbecue and it'll be great. Yeah. Let's go to a random town and go get beat up. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Thanks again for coming on, dude. All right. See you, man. Justin Williams, everybody. Hi, this is Jimmy. Well, That's the end of the music, but it's not the end of the show. For those of you computer literate parrot heads out there, stick this CD into your computer and you can see an enhanced video of what we do and what we say backstage behind the scenes.